The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for joining us today. I'm very glad that you're listening, and thank you also for liking Spirit of Recovery on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and for posting on there. And thank you for downloading uh, the podcasts, and and I know that you're enjoying them, and they're uh, meaning a lot to you that you're inspired, because we've always got great guests, and uh, they're always bringing topics that are meaningful for the recovery community. So I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your Unity community know about us here on Unity Online Radio. And I love the opportunity to broadcast on the topic of recovery and spirituality. And I uh, also like hearing from you, love hearing from you, and how uh, what's happening on this program is making a difference for you in your spirituality, in your recovery, and that it's touching your heart and opening your mind to some new ideas and new possibilities for this walk that we call recovery and spirituality. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or a lot of times all the above. And my guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions to get you thinking. You know, you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can also uh, listen live by going to Stitcher.com and downloading their app and searching for Spirit of Recovery. You can, um, of course, listen via iTunes. If you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. And you can also listen to the archives. We've got lots of great years' worth of podcasts, so you can always go there. Go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and download the podcast and also through those other platforms. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, and maybe you're in your own recovery as a family member, and I 
or friend, I always like to give a shout out because family members and friends can also have a recovery process. There are groups and therapies and books and all kind of stuff. So there's always recovery for everybody that's in, uh, been touched by this family disease and this community disease, really. And Or maybe you're listening today because you're just interested in this topic. You're curious. You want to learn more. Whoever you are, I'm really glad that you're here, and you're very, very welcome. I'm just uh, thrilled that you've joined us today. I want you to know also that if you would like to support financially Unity Online Radio, you can do that. It's easy. You can text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one-time or a recurring contribution. So if you like what you're hearing on Spirit of Recovery or the many other um, great programs that are here on Unity Online Radio, and if you want to make a financial contribution to this nonprofit station, you can do that. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and uh, over 36 years ago now, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and my walk continues to be an integration of unity and recovery principles, that spirituality that keeps transforming my life and it keeps me growing in deeper ways. So I am delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you, to bring you great guests, and to hear what's happening for you in your uh, spirituality and recovery walk. So today, again, we've got a great program. We're going to be talking about the new year, and the topic today is 2018, Making It New For You. And uh, we're going to be looking at what is it really that makes a new year new, and it's not just because the calendar turned over, it's because we're bringing something new to it. We're taking some new actions, we're having some new perspectives, we're having some new thoughts, and it might uh, be something that's just as simple as taking a look around outside of ourselves with the willingness to see life with fresh eyes. That can make this year new. My guest today is uh, uh, joining us. He's been my guest a couple of times now, several times, because um, he's always got a lot of wisdom to share and, and uh, a lot of joy in living. And he's going to be talking with us today about that, about how a new perspective is really what makes the year new. And my guest is Chris Shea. And Chris, Chris is um, a blogger. He's an addiction counselor. He's a campus minister. He's a life coach a nationally recognized speaker and author. Um, he holds several credentials. He has a, a master's degree. He's um, a certified addictions counselor. And um, he uh, works with people, and he has done this for years, in terms of looking at their spirituality, both in terms of people that are in recovery or entering recovery, as well as uh, people that are out there in the world simply trying to find their spiritual grounding and find their way into their spiritual life. So today he's going to be uh, talking with us about what makes the new year smell new, so to speak, and he'll share with us where that idea comes from. And he calls us to look uh, to paradox, to look deeper and to look around. So we both look outside and, and look around. Uh, and as we keep our thoughts in the present moment, then what happens is uh, that we begin to be open to life. You can read Chris's blog and you can learn more about his work if you go to lifejourneyblog.com and that's uh, his company, Life Journey Blog, and or Life Journey, and you can find him, uh, Life Journey's Life's, excuse me, with an S, L-I-F. 
lifesjourneyblog.com. And also you can look up Life's Journey Blog on Facebook and you can find him really easily there. And then there are links to the other things that he's got going on. So, Chris, welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Well, thank you for having me and Happy New Year to you and all your loved ones and your listeners and I really appreciate being with you uh, again. It's always a pleasure speaking with you and being on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you're here. So, um, you too. Yeah, good deal. And Chris, I really enjoy talking with you because you always do have a fresh perspective. You have a unique way of looking at life and spirituality that's always helpful. And um, I was really struck by your blog on the new year. And uh you had an interesting cartoon on it. Could you tell us about the cartoon? Oh, definitely. And the uh, blog post that we're referencing, I put up actually last year, uh, mm-hmm. but the sentiments still seem the same for me today. And I'm really big on the comics. I, I love the Sunday comics. And to me, it, it's uh, not only we find the humor, but I actually find a lot of uh, take from what's going on in society and, and helps me to understand a, a bit more what's going on. And the comic that I placed on there is a uh, Marvin comic and it's this little baby, um, sitting on the floor and, and the baby is, uh, thinking to himself and says, it's hard to believe this is a new year. I thought it would smell different like the inside of a new car. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that that was a strip, and and when I found that a few years ago, uh, that that really struck me at the time, and um, so I, I finally last year used it in uh, one of my posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea because you know I think uh, in some ways we make a, a you know a really big deal about okay the new year's coming and so forth, and we make resolutions and uh, so forth. We celebrate it and. We maybe just expect that somehow it's all going to be different because the calendar turned over. Is that how it works? Well, I think it, it does. There's inside of us, you know, I think over the centuries and millennia, you know, there's just something in us that says this is a new start, a new time. So automatically everything's going to be different. But that's where I think we get it wrong is that we're assuming it's going to be automatically different and we just sit back and watch it. And that to me is where, you know, I think a lot of us get disappointed. And that's one of the things I liked with that comic because, you know, that this little kid is sitting there saying, well, I'm kind of disappointed. You know, I, I thought it was going to smell different. In other words, you know, I, I just thought there was something really different going to happen this year. And it's the same. And I think that's where we need to look at it from a whole different perspective, you know, that we can celebrate and whatever you watch, you know, a ball drop, apple drop, whatever, whatever it might be, when you celebrate and say, hey, happy new year, that next day you wake up is still going to be the same. And the day after that, it's still going to be the same. The only big difference is we're writing a different year, you know, when you're writing the check or whatever we're doing. That's really mm-hmm. the only difference. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you think that it takes for people to 
as you say, it's natural to to have that sense of of in a in a way of renewal or wanting things to be new uh, when the year changes, but it's not automatic. So, I mean, renewal is a spiritual principle. Ta- talk to us about that, about the spirituality of renewal. What does that mean? When we look at renewal, we're looking at making something new again. Everything has a beginning, you know, so almost everything that we have uh, tangibly, every material thing we have is was new at some point. And we ourselves were new at some point. A renewal is just how do we make it new again? Now, I can't go backwards and make me get, you know, a baby again and go through my experiences. I, I can't do that. But when we look at a spiritual renewal, the way that I view that is I'm not going to necessarily physically make myself new, but what am I going to do for my mind, my feelings, just my overall spirit of who I am? How do I make that new again? And for me, that's something that, is very hopeful and promising because as we all get older, as I get older, you know, I, I know there's some things that I can't do that I, I could do before. Um, but when I look at my spirit, and again, that's my mind, my feelings, my emotions, I can always renew them. I can always make them new. I can always view the world in a different way. I don't have to just look at the world the way I've always looked at it. So if if you're sitting back and saying, well, last year was all negative and a lot of bad things happened last year, that may be true, and we're not going to deny a reality. But this new year is not going to automatically be a good year for you just because, well, now it's a new year. What are you going to actually do different to make it a new year. You know, what What are we going to do that says, I'm going to change the way that I look at my world. I'm going to change that perspective. I'm going to change how I feel. I'm going to change how I, I see things. And honestly, all of that is in our control to do. So mm-hmm. when I say a new year and make this a better year, well, then that must mean that I'm going to renew, I'm going to make new again how I see the world. So do I start to see the world with some of that original wonder that I used to see it? Am I going to see the world with some of the beauty that was there? Am I going to look more at the positive aspects of the world than you know, maybe I became very jaded last year for whatever reasons? I think for me that's where the whole renewal comes in. But it takes that action. It, it takes me... Uh, you know, to say, I'm going to do this. And then we can really look at, uh, you know, finding that renewal and, and finding how things look different. And I think it, it's as easy at times of just flipping from looking at the negatives to looking at the positives. I, I had a client recently who was, um, you know, kind of down and saying, you know, well, I've given up alcohol and, and, you know, it's difficult because I gave it up and I don't have it anymore. And all of that stuff is true. But the focus.
focus was on what did I give up? What don't I have? Mm-hmm. What I, I had asked this person to do is, well, let's change it over to the other side. So what have you gained? So you can look at it and say, well, I gave up drinking, but I've chosen to not drink. And that might be a play on words, but that's still a positive viewpoint. So I'm choosing not to do something versus I gave up something. Good point. You gave up some of that drinking, but maybe you've gained your family. Maybe you've gained something about yourself. So it might just be a play on words, but I think a play on words is important. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it shapes how we see ourselves. It shapes what we what we see as important and how empowered we feel. Exactly. And, and to me, it's all about empowerment. So if, if I'm just going to sit back and say, well, it's a new year and January moves through and I keep saying every morning, hey, it's a new year, but I don't feel different. Or as the comic says, it doesn't smell different. Well, what are you doing about it? And to me, that's the empowerment. You know, everybody, you know, walks around and says, I want to be empowered. I, I want to have choices. I, I want to do things. Well, this is what I'm talking about. All of that falls into this. If you're just going to sit back and wait for something to happen, you're not empowered at all because you're waiting for something else to do something for you. That's not empowerment. So, yeah, wake up some morning in this new year and empower yourself by saying, I'm going to think different. I'm going to look at things different. You know, once I can take action, that's me. That's my power. So I can take back my power. I can be empowered. I can make choices in my life. So go for it. You know, make the choices different than you made before, and you're probably going to get a different result. That's right. You, you gave a good example there of, of that client that was, you know, dealing with their drinking and, and, you know, making that choice to not drink and gaining from it. Give us some other examples of uh, specific things that people can do to make a choice or to empower themselves. Or is there a, a technique or not that they can use or something that's simple? For me, one, it's beginning to believe that I can. And you really have to, even if you don't 100% believe it, still tell yourself, I can make that choice. But one thing that I've talked to clients um, about is making a list, and and this is a two-column list, and it's not a pro and con list. What the list is, is what is in my control and what is not in my control. So if we make this list and, you know, focus on whatever it is that you're struggling with and first list what are those things that i really actually have no control over write those things down then start to think and again this is going to need to be a little shift in perspective but what do i have control over what outcomes can i affect make that list i'll bet you that list is going to be longer than the other one but regardless Once you're done with your list, you take the list of the things that I can't control, and you have to consciously forget about those. We're going to start stressing over things we have no control over. 
So if you've already identified, I have no control over the following things, then forget about it. If you really have no control over it, then put it out of your mind. But I'm not just saying put something out of your mind and then there's a void. No, what are we going to fill that void with? Well, that's all those things that I actually have control over in this situation. So now we start planning out, what am I going to do to make a difference in the areas that I have control over. And to me, that that becomes that important piece. So what, what am I going to start to do? Because now I'm actually affecting the outcome of a situation that I might have at first thought was totally out of my control. I can have some effect on it. And what I have effect on, I need to actively take control over. Now what that's going to do is not only hopefully change the outcome, but that's going to make me feel more empowered. That's going to help me to see the changes that I'm making. So it's going to encourage me to make more change, which in the end reinforces to me, you know what? I can make things different. I do have the ability to do this. So give us some examples uh, of of things that people can change. What is, what's a, like, give us a, maybe an example of what's something that you couldn't change in a situation, but something that you could have an effect on that you could change. Oh, definitely. And one of the examples that I give a lot with my clients, um, just because uh, I, you know, have been dealing with addictions for so long, but you you get the clients who they have an impending uh, DUI or DWI case coming up and they're very stressed about what is this result? You know, what, what is the judge going to do? Am I going to get jail time? Am I going to get probation or what's going to happen? And obviously that's going to be a very stressful time. So if we make that list of what's in my control and not in my control, you know, when you look at it, well, the judge is out of my control in most cases. And I can't necessarily influence legally what the judge is going to do. So those things are out of my control. We hope not. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I put legally. I mean, because there's people who yeah. tell me on that. Um, no, no bribing. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Legally, you have no control on what the judge is going to do. So, okay. you know, those things are what's out of my control. But what is in my control? Well, what is in my control is... Do I have a good lawyer? Do I have a competent lawyer? You know, that's in my control. Am I working on not drinking? That's in my control. Am I taking the steps necessary? Am I going to show up to my court date sober? That's in my control. Am I going to be respectful when I'm at court? You know, so how do I present myself in front of the judge? That's totally in my control. What am I going to wear? You know, and for some people, you know, that's that I don't assume that, you know, I've been in enough courts to see how some people are dressing and, you know, maybe we need to help educate, you know, so here's maybe a thing that'll help you if if you dress this way. Mm -hmm. All of these things that, that are in my control, that's what we work on. So it becomes looking at, well, yeah, how are you going to dress? How are you going to get those clothes? Do you have a lawyer? Do you know a good lawyer? Can you afford a lawyer? You know, so we work on all of those steps. You know, uh, do you know how to uh, address the court? Um, are you going to show up sober? 
And when the person says, well, of course I'll do that. Well, there's no, of course, what are you going to do to ensure that you're going to show up sober? So we need to go through all of those steps, but all of that stuff is in control. And again, once we start focusing more on those steps, we're going to automatically let the other piece go. So I still can't guarantee what the judge is going to do. And, and you can show up sober, say you're in treatment, look your, your best, um, have the best manners in court. You can do all the right stuff. You still might get jail time, but at least you know you did everything you could to present the very best you. And the most important piece is you presented the very best sober you, regardless of what the outcome is going to be. That That's right. what I mean by what's in my control and outside of my control. Right. You know, I really like that. And uh, when I hear that, it's like that's that spiritual principle. Because, I mean, whether or not whatever anybody's spirituality is, if they have think they have a higher power or not or they call it god or whatever it doesn't matter but what you're doing is you're you're letting go of trying to manipulate the outer and being all upset about that one way or the other and you're saying i am going to trust that if i do the best i can one way or the other somehow this is going to turn out in a way that that opens up some good for me does that make sense oh most definitely and and that's really what i'm uh, talking about with that is, you know, if I can keep that focus on what are the positives that I can learn from what's going on in my life, then in the example that I provided, regardless of what the judge gives as a sentence, I can still look at that and say, well, sure, okay, I got jail time and definitely don't like it and nobody likes jail time, but what do I get out of this? You know, and then at least you could hold your head up high and say, but this was the best me and I am sober and I'm going to stay that way. And when I get out, here's all the positive things I'm going to do to ensure this never happens again. So it really, to me, is that piece of that renewal. How do I remake who I am? And I have the power to do that. That's right. And. What do you notice, Chris, when um, when you're working with people and they they at least start to make that shift of starting to to get away from fretting about you know oh, what's going what are they going to do to me and start focusing on how am I going to show up? What do you notice about what happens in their life? They become more filled with peace and. I've noticed that in my clients and also within myself in, in how I've shifted my view on the world. When you start to just focus on what I have control over and no longer focus on everything else that's going on around me, that sense of, of empowerment and that sense of uh, conscious decision-making what all of that leads to is me being in sync with who I am. And for me, when I talk about finding your inner peace and what inner peace is, I'm talking about being in sync with what I'm thinking and feeling and doing with who I am based on my values and my morals. And when Mm -hmm. those are in sync, then I'm at peace. 
And it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what else I'm feeling. I could be angry, I could be sad, I could be depressed, I could uh, have just a gamut of emotions. But while I'm feeling those emotions, if I'm still in sync with who I am, I'm still at peace through that. And I can live through those emotions and I can find a healthy way to express them, to move on from them, whatever I need to do with them. And that's what I start seeing, uh, you know, with, with clients. And, and I've seen this over the years that when they understand that I am empowered and for those who, you know, are going into the rooms of, of AA and NA and, and the like, you know, they're, they're always told about, you know, you're powerless over that disease. And, and that's true, but let's not forget that you're not only powerless over that disease, but you are powerful over the choices now that you make. And let's embrace mm-hmm. that power and say, in the knowledge that I am powerless over this disease, I am powerful in making the choices not to use. I'm powerful in who I associate with. I'm powerful in what I'm doing for my recovery. And those are the things that I can do. And if I keep doing them, I'm going to feel at peace. Yeah, that's really true. Powerful. Thank you. It's time for our break here. So, Chris, thanks for what you're sharing with us. It's really um, uh, enlightening and inspiring because you're showing us that we can make our lives new, we can make the year new, and it's it's not some floaty thing. It's it's just about making a choice and taking an action one bit at a time, and that really does change our lives. Thank you. Exactly. Yes. So um, we'll be back in a minute. I want to let you know, again, our topic today is 2018, Making It New for You. My guest is Chris Shea, and uh, Chris is a as a blogger, he's a campus minister, he's a life coach, he's a nationally recognized speaker and author, and um, he uh, has uh, uh, works with people in recovery and supporting them in that. You can find his blog on Life's, L-I-F-E-S, journeyblog.com, and you can also find Life's Journey blog on Facebook. And uh, Chris, you would also have a podcast. How can people find your podcast? Yes, I do, and thank you for mentioning. Uh, the mm-hmm. podcast is called On Finding Peace, and mm-hmm. if you just go over to my website, lifesjourneyblog.com, uh, you'll find all the links there, and you'll find the most recent episodes are uh, posted there as well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, people will go check that out. Absolutely. All right. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, 
boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery, and if you're just joining us, welcome. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and our topic for today is 2018, Making It New for You. And uh, we're focusing on what is it that really makes our new year new? What is it that actually continually renews us? And um, it's, of course, when we take the time and, and the make the effort to see things in a new way, to make new choices for ourselves, to be proactive, and to look at the world and ourselves with fresh eyes. So my guest is Chris Shea, and Chris has been my guest before. He uh, always has a lot of wisdom to share. He's an addiction counselor, a campus minister, a life coach, and a nationally recognized speaker and author. And um, he has a blog. You can find it at Life's, L-I-F-E-S, Journey, blog.com. You can also find that on Facebook. And Chris has a podcast called I'm Finding Peace, and you can find the links to that podcast if you go to uh, his website and you can uh, connect with that there. So before I get back to my conversation with Chris about renewal and making this truly a new year by creating a new perspective in ourselves, I'd like to invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute in a moment of relaxation, a very brief moment of focusing on a constructive idea, a moment of uh, opening up in the quiet, that conscious contact So I invite you to relax, to feel that peacefulness moving from the crown of your head, allowing yourself to relax all the way through your body temple, and share with me this constructive idea. I am at peace with who I am. I make positive, powerful choices for my well-being. I am at peace with who I am. I make positive powerful choices for my well-being and now we take a moment in the quiet Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to relax, to 
open your heart and mind and make conscious contact with that goodness that's within you and all around you, your higher power by whatever concept or name you relate to it. So now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Chris Shea. And again, we're talking about the new year and talking about how we really make it new. So, um, Chris, before the break, we were talking about this this idea of finding your power through knowing, you know, that even though you may be powerless over your disease, if you have the disease of addiction or, you know, a lot of life situations that uh, we don't have power to change them from the outside, but but to learn that sense that we do have a lot of power and it's the power to, to choose and the power to act. How did you find out about that? How did you start to understand yourself about those differences and the things we uh can change and the things we can't, the things we do have power in and the things that we don't? Well, for me, a lot of that came in in the last uh, number of years as I began to slow myself down and spend more time internalizing what I've been learning and what I've been telling clients because one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of what I'm writing about now and talking about now, I've actually known for a long time and I've actually been telling my clients for the last couple of decades. But the difference was for me, I didn't incorporate it into my life because I didn't really spend enough time to slow myself down to reflect on these things. So in the busyness of life, I'm just kind of going through the motions and, you know, doing what it is that I'm doing, but I'm not focused on actually what I'm doing, you know, and how does that impact me? So what I would hope that people begin to understand is what it took me to do is really to force myself to just slow down and begin to look at mindful meditation, begin to slow yourself enough to observe the world around you. And when I really got into doing that is when it really began to strike me that, you know, these things that I've known intellectually, I'm now feeling. And and the biggest was this thing on choice that I am empowered and I do have choice. Um, So once I really began to notice that, um, really things just started to change. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. It it happens. You know, that old thing about the cobbler's children have no shoes can happen with those of us that are in helping professions, so to speak, is that we may know a lot in our intellectually, and that's good. And in the end, is are we living it? And, and what happens for us when we do start? living it it does it changes everything doesn't it it really does i see that myself absolutely most definitely and and that's one of the things that you know i've seen over the years with people in the helping profession and not just counselors but just people in the helping professions that we don't tend to take care of ourselves and you know that we really do because we're passionate about helping people so really what we end up doing is you know, focus so much on that helping that we really forget, 
you know, that we can only help as much as we have within ourselves. And we need to, you know, make sure that we ourselves, uh, you know, are, are filled and, and that we have within us, uh, you know, enough that we can give. That's right. It's, it, it is so true. It's so true. And how do you slow down? Uh, you, you said you, you made yourself slow down. That's a biggie. It is for me. I think it is for a lot of people. We speed up, you know, there's lots to do, lots of ways to get your attention. So what do you do? What is, I know you have a meditation practice and so forth and you mentioned that, but how do you do it? How do you slow down? How do you pay attention to your internal world? It, it takes a lot of practice. And at least it does for me. I'm not. I'm not going to overgeneralize, but really, what it takes is in looking at yourself and finding what do you need to do so that your perception starts to uh, focus on what's happening around you in the minute detail and. For me, that depends on how I'm feeling. It's either sitting still and just taking that time out of my day to do it, or um, I like to move. So if if I'm up and about, you know, like take a walk down the street, take a walk in the woods, wherever you happen to be, it's all about what am I focused on. So. You know, let's say for the person that says, well, I can't sit still long enough to do this, and I live in a, you know, very busy, noisy city, so what am I supposed to do? Well, I would say, fine, then get outside, walk through your noisy, busy city, but instead of just rushing through those city streets, slowly walk through those city streets. Notice things you didn't notice before. You know, maybe notice some of the weeds creeping up through the cracks in the pavement. Do you notice, you know, maybe some insects around? Do you notice a storefront you never saw before because you've always rushed past it? It is those things that the more we become accustomed to looking at that, the more we're going to start to look at those things within ourselves. Once we start reflecting on ourselves and in those minute details, then we begin to learn who we are and what we can do different. Mm-hmm. hmm So you, do you uh, have a regular time to meditate? No, I, I personally don't. Uh, my schedule varies a lot day to day, but what I try to do is as early as I can in the day, uh, you know, spend, I'm definitely telling people five, 10 minutes right now, you know, I mean, in some ways longer, the better, but not necessarily it, get a good five, 10 minutes out, out of it, you know, at the start of the day. And then again, at the end of the day. And for me, that seems to be helpful. So, you know, on a good day, you're talking 20 minutes worth in total, but mm-hmm. really it's not adding up the minutes that I think that matters. It's, what am I getting out of it? What am I learning from this? And if if I am learning some things, uh, you know, out of what I'm doing, that's going to impact the rest of my day and move into the next day. So don't necessarily count the minutes as overly important. It's the quality of what you're doing and then the effect that that's having on you. Right. 
So it's like taking that quality time to open up to pay attention and then also you know it sounds like what you were saying too you're tight and then you use the term mindfulness too a little bit earlier is that when you're going through your day don't just sort of sail through it with your mind one place and your body somewhere else but pay attention to what's around you maybe is that kind of what you're saying exactly yeah because you know if we're going to at least what I found. If I'm going to rush through my day and I'm going to miss those little things, then I can almost guarantee I am not doing any deep self-reflection. Because if I'm rushing physically through my day, I'm probably mentally rushing through my day. And I'm going to convince myself, well, this stuff is more important. I don't have time to do whatever I'm doing as far as self-reflection, so I'm just going to rush through this. But if I can teach myself to physically slow myself down and notice those small things, what I'm also doing is slowing my mind down and slowing those thoughts down. So as I do that, I can also now look at, well, what are some of these uh, you know, smaller thoughts that I'm having or images coming through my mind that typically I would have ignored or not even noticed uh, because I was just going too fast. Right. You know, some people um, go fast. We we may not be conscious of it, but sometimes one thing that propels us to go so fast is because there's feelings. We got emotions that are uncomfortable, and we don't want to face them. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you talked earlier oh, about yeah. feelings. So what do you do about that? Well... That's why I I counsel people to take this slow. Because if you're just starting out, you are going to start hitting some of those emotions, some of those memories or or things that you have been just keeping in, in, in the background. And they're going to surface when you slow down. One of the hopes would be if you're doing this slowly for yourself and you're not just jumping right in, you're like, I'm going to do an hour of deep meditation, you know, right from the get-go. I mean, more power to you, but don't worry about that. Because you don't want all of that to pop up all, at, you know, right away. If we can slowly move into this, some of those emotions are going to slowly trickle in. Hopefully at a, at a pace that, we can start to look at them, acknowledge them, maybe even cope with them, where if they all came out all at once, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hiding again. Whatever my defenses are, they're going to pop up, and I'm going to go into hiding. But if they come out slowly enough, yeah, maybe I can actually deal with them. And as I slowly start to deal with them, they're no longer as, as big as they used to be, or at least as what we thought they used to be. And honestly, if things are popping up and you really don't want to deal with them, you find yourself, you know, really with some, some deep negative reactions, then at least at that moment, you always want to stay safe. At that moment, put them back. You know, we, we don't need them out there right at that moment. But at some time, you're, you're going to have to deal with those. And at least through that meditation, it's going to tell us there's certain areas of my life that I might need to talk to somebody about to help me to cope with those. 
at least you can discover some things that maybe you didn't even know were there. Good point. Good point. So that brings up something else. Where do uh, relationships with other people come in? I'll just say this. I read an article that was uh, online just the last couple of days. I believe it was in The Guardian. Uh, mm-hmm. It was talking about depression and saying that one of the uh, – Obviously, the causes of depression is when people just feel overwhelmed by their life circumstances. And it talked about the importance of community and the importance of knowing your love, the importance of knowing that you have meaning and uh, that you and what you've been talking about, Chris, that you've got choices, that you don't have to get stuck um, in some circumstance. So that uh, so how does that fit in with what? What you're talking about, that idea of somehow creating an environment, a relational context that supports us in being peaceful. Yeah, and and definitely, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because I don't want it to sound like, you know, what I'm saying is that this is just a very individualized uh, activity. Um. I've written a number of uh, blog articles and, and even uh, journal articles on that, that sense of community and the sense of coming together. Because what we find is as humans, we are social creatures. Some of us more so than others. You know, I mean, we do have our introverts and our extroverts and, you know, but within that we are still social creatures and the power that, I think we find in self-help groups really is the communal nature. You know, people can say, you know, well, it's the sharing of the stories. It's the, uh, you know, somebody knows, uh, you know, what I'm going through and all. But that is the community, you know. And even if you show up at a meeting and don't say anything, but you're there in a community. So I, I think that's what helps with this. If you can find people and not with technology. I mean, there's groups for everything all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, find an app or a website that shows you a group, you know, where are people doing communal meditation, communal yoga, uh, maybe just sitting around talking about mindfulness or find a, a group that is just an interest of yours. Because the more that we can sit with other people, and whether it's going to be talking about ourselves or going to be talking uh, just about others, uh, you know, what really comes into play is I'm not alone. And I think the other piece of this is my desire and ability to help other people. You know, if somebody is feeling down, and whether that's depressed or just feeling sad or down, or even feeling anxious, can we get out and help somebody else? Once that takes us out of ourselves, you know, if I'm now focused on somebody else, I'm focused on their pain, their suffering, their story, it takes me out of myself. And that right there is spiritual. Any time that I'm coming outside of myself and that I'm seeking something that's outside of me, that's the spiritual component. So within that, spiritual component, what am I able to see in that other person that can also then be reflected back to me? But also Mm -hmm. on the surface of it, 
if I'm helping somebody else, I've probably forgotten about my own issues, at least at that moment. So at least at that moment, I, I can have a reprieve, uh, you know, but hopefully I can also learn from what I'm doing with somebody else. Good point. Yeah, it, like it opens up some space for inspiration from that for that newness. It's almost like you know what you said in your uh, in your blog there about take a look around and see see something different, see something new, and that can be another person. Uh, most definitely, you know, anything that we can do when we were talking earlier about you know the notion of renewal, you know, anything that we can do that can make something new again. Uh, I would definitely encourage it. And, again, let's go back to looking at self-help groups. You know, it's not just this notion that I'm in a group of people who understand me, but if I get active in this group of people and then I start helping people within this group of people, again, I've come outside of myself and I've made this a a spiritual journey. And that begins to make a, a whole difference, especially if last year you never did that. So if you're looking for this year to be different, one of the things that you can definitely do to make it different is something like that Um, because then that's totally different and that's going to change you. That's right. It's going to get you engaged in living and and, uh, seeing the possibilities and seeing that other people can be helped by you. That in itself is really meaningful is to realize that you've got something that matters to somebody else. Exactly. You know, and, and like I said, that, that makes a, a world of difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've seen it for myself, but I, I've seen it in, in the years that I've been working with addictions and, and what, you know, the fellowship has been able to you know do for people, but it's more because of what the people are doing within the fellowship that's making the difference. Right. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that the truth? I mean, it's it's about it's almost like the fellowships of the of recovery create a opportunity for people to get engaged in that bigger picture and get engaged in inspiration, get engaged in giving, get engaged in receiving and in relating. Oh, most definitely. And. And I think it's part of the wisdom of the creation of those, you know, that if it was only meant to be where you go and you hear somebody share and then you leave and that's the only thing that you do day in and day out, it would probably fade away. But I think what perpetuates that is, sure, you're hearing stories and sure you're sitting through things, but what are you also doing? You're also engaging and you're Mm -hmm. trying to now share to somebody else something that you have learned. That's that right. Perpetuates, and and I think that's part of the wisdom of what has kept all self help groups going uh, is because we engage in the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, we're at the end of our time here, uh, but Chris, you've really shared a lot of very positive ideas with us about how to really. Make 2018 a new year for us, and and really that whole idea of renewal as continuous. Is there any uh, thing you'd like to leave us with? Any bit of wisdom before we go? I would just want to reiterate that believe that you can make the change in your life 
and don't sit back and let this new year do something new for you. You have to actively do something to make this a new year. All right. That is good wisdom. And again, I want to thank you, Chris, for being my guest today, and thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Um, again, lifesjourneyblog.com. Um, find it on Facebook. Find it uh, on the website and listen to Chris's podcast, I'm Finding Peace, and you can find the links to that through the website. So uh, again, Chris, thanks for being my guest, and listeners, thank you for listening today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the choices that you make. And uh, you're a part of the goodness in this world. So you are loved and appreciated. And you have a wonderful week. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Our words are one of the instruments with which we build our world. Everything is composed of energy in unique configurations of vibrations. Scientists tell us that sound vibrations affect physical matter. Think for a moment. What happens to your face and your body when you speak with joy, with concern, in anger, with excitement? A woman once described her feelings about the consoling comments of a friend. Your words reached out to me like a lifeline. Realizing how much you cared helped me know I didn't need to feel alone. When we recognize their power, we realize the wisdom of paying closer attention to the words we use and how we use them. Get into the habit of thinking before you speak. You'll never regret it. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, 
hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.